Welcome back. Hello. How are we doing? Awful. Terrible. Oh, well, that's a great way to start the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to episode three of Toxicity Podcast, the Healing Era Edition. I'm your host, Zoe, and to my right, I've got Lo. It's me again, as always. As always. And before we get started, you want to do that thing I just asked you to do? (laughs) The disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, we have a disclaimer for this episode. So Sorry. This episode's going to get uh, a little deep. We're going to talk about some heavy, heavy topics, um, some things that might be triggering for some listeners. So uh, please be mindful of your own threshold and um, skip parts. Tune out if you need to. Um, we're going to be talking about death and loss um, and a little bit about suicide. So if any of those things might trigger some inner emotions in you, Please be mindful of that. Also, um, Zoe is not a mental health professional. Although I am a mental health professional, I am not speaking from the basis of my mental health professional opinion. We are simply talking on our own experiences with these topics. Um, So I just wanted to let you guys know that. Also, another disclaimer, we don't know what the fuck happened to last week's episode. Literally, I'm so, we have no idea. I know it's not on Spotify, but some people are saying they can access it on Spotify. Um, We did get a decent amount of listens off of like our RSS feed though, which is good. Um, But I don't know what the fuck happened. It's my fault for trying to switch RSS providers and somewhere along the way the connection got lost and now I can't get the episode on Spotify or Apple or literally anywhere except for RSS. Um, so we're gonna try and work on that in the meantime. But for those of you who did click the link in our bio on Instagram, I appreciate you. Hopefully, we'll get that episode back on Spotify at some point. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can get it at least up at the same time that this one goes up, and hopefully I don't have any issues with this one as well. But we'll figure it out. I'm not a fucking tech genius. I don't know why I picked the most techiest hobby to do. I'm. We don't know what we're doing. We're just doing it. So. Anyway, <laughs> how was your week, Lauren? Um, this week was better than last week. Um, I will say that, so far at least. It's been very, very busy. I've been very exhausted. I took a nap after work yesterday, which, like, I don't take naps. So I just know that my brain and my body and my mind and everything is exhausted. Um, but it's been pretty decent. That's good. That's Nothing good. extraordinary, though. We can't be too happy here. No, never. Uh, Lauren and I went and saw a movie this week. We did. Very last minute. Very last minute. At some My point, hair was wet. <laughs> at some point last week, we had sat down and we were like, dude, we need a hobby other than drinking. Um, and like, I forget that like we do this and this is a hobby. But I was like, we need to, we need to do something with our lives like yoga. She didn't really like that suggestion. Um, I don't do <laughs> physical activities. Well, I wanted to well, do. Not most of them anyway. <laughs> Okay, bitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Shut up! <laughs> Here she goes. The lays with the buttons again. I can't. I can't reach it. Okay. Um, yeah, we went and saw Love Again. It was really good. I cried at least twice. It was very sappy. It was very sappy. It was very much. It, it was a good movie. Um, I I was not. I didn't know what to expect because I didn't know what the hell we were doing. She literally yeah, the bitch didn't a watch a trailer. No, I, you gave me like a 20 minute notice. I had to get dressed. It was either watch the trailer or get there in time. So that's what I did. Um, like, literally decided at 630. She's like, hey, we're going to see this movie at 730. 
okay, well, I have to get dressed, walk my dog, yeah. drive there. We had to buy popcorn and ices. And we made it on time. I'm proud did. We did make it on time. But anyway, it was a really good movie. Got me in my feelings. Reminded me how alone I am. How forever alone I am. I <laughs> was speaking of that. I sat uh, in the movie and was like, I'm going to start a fight with a... Uh, fuck, hold on. I'm going to start a fight with... Just because this movie gave me unrealistic expectations for like what a relationship should be. And... I feel like I'm in a I'm in I'm in such a healthy relationship that I've tried to start a fight and nothing happened. <laughs> I got shut down or, before it even started. But it's not like it was in the movie. But then again, like nothing nothing like that happens in the fucking movie. I mean, in real life, everything that happens in the movies is so fabricated and so full of shit. It had me feeling like I was forever alone, and I'm not. I mean, like, what are the odds? So in this movie, um, if you haven't seen it and you wanted to see it, skip. Yeah, but I'm not going to, like, give away the ending. But in this movie, I mean, it's in a freaking trailer. Um, the, main, the main girl, her boyfriend dies in the very beginning of the movie. And she, starts, she starts sending texts to this random number. To, his, to his number, right? It was to, to the new guy. Well, yeah, it was to the dead boyfriend's number, but it was a random person on the other side. And... That random person and her, you know, met and fell in love. Met and fell that, in love. That, spoiler that would, alert. Oops. That, there yeah. was no way to, to skip that without. It is It is in the trailer. You would never. Um, the trailer kind of gives away the whole damn movie. Yeah. I mean, it, there's some good details in there and it's kind of fun. It's got some like comedy in it. It's cute. Um, but also, I feel like it's kind of on theme for what we were talking about this week. Um, so I'm glad we didn't pick the scary movie option because that would have. I told Zoe I had enough scary things happening in my life that I didn't need to watch a movie about it for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, forgive me if I'm out of breath. Lauren just made me walk three miles. I didn't know where the store was. So I was trying to find the specific place that I was shown where they sell vapes. And I definitely went the wrong direction. And we walked an extra two blocks that we did not need to walk. Um, but I found it. And now for next time, we know. Normally, I wouldn't care. But I went back to the gym. My legs are a little sore. And not Hobbies. Look at us. Look at us. Uh, we walked out of the movie on Monday. And it's really sad. But we walked out. And we were like, I'm so proud of us. We did something that wasn't drinking. I mean, we could have drank at the movie. They have a bar in the movie theater now. I think that's fucking. But Lauren spent all of her money on Mother's Day. On alcohol. On alcohol. Which is, that's why we said we needed a hobby. Yeah, because when uh, I saw Zoe's mom came up to me and she, like, showed me um, how much I had spent because it was all on one tab and I needed to send her the money or whatever. And I think my jaw dropped to the ground like you see in those cartoons. You had to roll it up. And I had to roll it back up because I was like, what the fuck did I just do? It was really scary. I'm out of money. And so now I'm sober. That's uh, as I drink my wine. (laughs) Oh. Told me last night, he was like, let's go on a drought. And I said, what the fuck did you just say? And he said, let's go on like an alcohol drought. Like, let's not drink. And I was like, first of all, for how long? And he said, (laughs) a month. And I said, okay, when? Because me and Lauren are going to the beach in two weeks. I definitely intend to drink there. And then his birthday is like two weeks after that. And he was like, oh, you're right. I want to drink then too. And I was like 
Exactly. So let's like, go on a weekend drought. Right. How about we go for, let's start with like small 24 hours. <laughs> let's go out only once this weekend, not twice. Right. Let's like, yeah, let's only go Saturday and, or Friday and, you know, skip one of the other days. Which pretty much happened this past weekend. So. I, yeah. I'm pretty proud of us. We kind of, we took it pretty easy this, this week. We did. I, I, after you left and went to house, um, I, I went to the bar for like a second. I was like, I'm going to drink by myself. I don't need Zoe. I'm independent. How'd and that go? It, it made me very depressed because I was like, Zoe is my only friend. And when she's with, I have no one. Um, and um, my other best friend, Brooke, is pregnant. So she's out of the question for trying to drink with. So I just felt very alone and I got depressed and I left. So that was a short night for me. That was, what night was that? Saturday? Saturday. Oh, yeah, because you had worked really late that night. Yeah, we, I'm, I don't know. I feel like every weekend we get a little bit more calmer, which I'm not totally against. And yet somehow I still feel like we spend the same amount of money. I don't know. My bank account cries either way. So at least if it's crying, I can be drunk and crying with it. Big facts. All right. Before we get into this sad topic, I'm going to take the shot of fireball and get it out of the way. And I'm going to watch her because I'm not doing that shit. I know. I didn't expect you to do it. Ow. I didn't expect you to do it. She pulled it out the freezer. I said, what the fuck are you doing? Because we're talking about grief. And, like, if I'm going to cry, I'm going to do it with a buzz. Like, I almost didn't do makeup today because I was like, I feel like if I cry during this episode, and and I this would be the one that, like, I actually post the fucking video for. <laughs> and I've got mascara <laughs> running down my fucking eyes. face. Literally. All right. <clears throat> Cheers. Bitches. Bad bitches cry too. It's okay. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> See, that's why I didn't take that shit. That's why I wasn't doing can, it. Can you hear my hat hit the fucking microphone? Can you do it again? <laughs> I'm not going to do it again. It keeps hurting me. <laughs> that's what happened to me when we, uh, when we did that hangover episode. I kept why hitting I, it. Yeah, why did I wear a fucking hat? Um, okay. So, Lo and I have both experienced our fair share of grief. However, when I said that I wanted to have an episode like based off of the idea of grief, I wanted to get a little bit further into it and talk more than just like the death of like a loved one or something. Um, Because I feel like we grieve over a lot of stuff that we don't even realize we're grieving. Um, And Lauren helped me realize that the other day. Well, not the other day. I always say the other day, my time perception is... Non-existent. The other day, it's not, two years ago. <laughs> right, I, my time perception is like non-existent. But I remember telling her like, dude, I am just so sad about like my past life, things I've gone through, like choices I've made or like how good life was. And she was like, yeah, you're grieving like your past self, um, which sent me down like a rabbit hole of research. And it's a, that's a thing. Um, it's called gr- self-grieving. Or something, or grieving yourself, or something like that. I don't know. I put it in the notes. Uh, speaking of sidetrack, ADHD. The notes for this episode are <laughs> all over the are place. all over the place. I'm so glad Lauren understands it because it's all over. I I even tried to like put um, references. What do you call those citations? Citations. She doesn't yeah. want to plagiarize on the episode here. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble for copyright or anything. I, I also like in case anybody wanted to like read it, you know. Um. But so there's a, I want to talk first about that and then we can get into um, like 
the death of a loved one type deal. But um, I wrote uh, what is grief? <laughs> That's what I, I wrote. This is a definition off of the Google. Um, it says grief is a natural response to loss. It's the emotional suffering you feel when something or someone you love is taken away. Often the pain of loss can feel overwhelming. You may experience all kinds of difficult and unexpected emotions. And then I'm going to wait because we're going to list all of those later. Um, and then, like I said, there's you grieve a lot more than like just somebody dying. Like I definitely feel like I've been grieving my past, like things I can't get back. Um, and then friendships, relationships, choices made, like going through a breakup is grieving. Absolutely. Going through a friend breakup is grieving. And like, I feel like nobody calls it that because it's like, oh, everybody just associates the word grieving with death, but it's the end of something really. Yeah. And I had like a self-realization actually today at work, I was talking to one of my coworkers and, um, of course I haven't been on this podcast in a while. So a big gap of my life is missing. Um, but in short, um, I was with someone for a long time. We were on and off again and we had just started talking again. Um, and something happened with some of his legal situations and he's actually been in jail since last July. And I, and like today it like finally clicked for me and I was like, I don't know why I've been going down this like spiral, um, ever since and why things have felt so weird and so bland and so bland. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm grieving. I'm grieving the loss of what I didn't get to have because it was kind of snatched very suddenly. It was very unexpectedly. Um, and I'm grieving the loss of that, that connection and that, that bond with someone. And although we're still on speaking terms, it's not the same. Um, and so it's like, I feel like I'm grieving someone who's alive. And when I realized that today, I was like, oh my gosh, everything that has happened this past year makes freaking sense. So I even reminded myself that you can grieve other things than death just today. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it just goes over everybody's head really quickly. Like, oh, grief is associated with death. There's no other, like, association with it. But, no, nope, uh, we're wrong because I have been one sad, sappy bitch for, like, literally the last three days. And this is not the first time I found myself feeling exactly the way I feel now. Um. But really just like sitting down whenever I have like an alone time or like a moment to myself. That didn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> um, whenever I have a moment to myself, like sitting down and thinking about like how different my life was two years ago and in such a better way. Like it was, I or it felt better, you know, in that moment. Um, and I miss that. And then I start like hyper fixating on how much I miss it and like how much I wish I could go back to that. And then realizing that there's just nothing I can do to go back to it. That point in my life is, is dead and over with. Um, and that like obsessive, like it's like an obsessive thought for me. It's something that like, I'm, I'm almost always thinking about, like, I can't look at my Snapchat memories without literally sending myself into like a fucking rabbit hole of sadness it's really bad and that's something um, that we've both been like struggling with and dealing with I think for some we weird platonic soulmate reason Zoe and I like go through a lot of the same stuff um and it's not exactly the same but it's like so scarily similar um but we were talking about that the other day just I remember 
like right before Zoe and I stopped being friends, I think that was like the peak of like, I thought I was happy. I thought I was happy. I mean, I was out drinking all the time. I probably was numb to whatever I should have been feeling at the time. Um, but it felt like my life was on top of the world at that point. Like, you know, I had really great friends. We were all hanging out all the time. Like these friendships felt so solid and so real. And there was always something new to do. We had all these adventures. It was like every day was something different. And now it's like I get up, I go to work, I come home. I eat chocolate chip cookies in my bed and watch reruns of Grey's Anatomy and I go to sleep and I'm like grieving that excitement that my life was before yeah, and not allowing myself to like enjoy the present moment and, and, and enjoy the differences. Yeah. Like it's not like there are some bad things that have been going on. I'm not going to say it's all good, different, but there are some good differences, but I can't appreciate them or accept them because I'm just so hyper fixated and focused on oh my gosh, there was something new every day. It was always an adventure. And I'm like, my life is so boring. It's stupid. Life is pointless. Right. Like the the vast differences between two years ago and like the life we were living then versus now is incredibly, ugh. like it's, oh, I don't, like I hate even talking about it. It's so like, like it's just not, and it, it's not that like we're necessarily sad about like those friendships or the things we did, but really just the feeling, like feeling like you were on top of the world, even if you weren't, what I wouldn't give to feel like I'm on top of the world, even if I wasn't. And I mean that, I don't mean that like heavily, because I would obviously like to feel like I'm on top of the world and then be on top of the world. But sometimes you feel like you would rather feel any other way than just like sad or down in the dumps or like with this negative mindset. And I feel like once I start thinking about like my past life or past choices I've made, and like how I wish I could go back, I hurt my feelings, and I will hurt my feelings so much that like the, I'll be like the only thing I want to do is start over, and there is no starting over. So then my only way out is that's how I end up in like this like suicidal like realm. Like you you know you know like the idea of not that I want to kill myself, but that I just don't want to be here anymore because then I wouldn't have to continually think about choices I've made. It's exhausting. It's, oh, it's it's incredibly exhausting. It is like. I, I'm speaking for myself and I, and I know Zoe's been feeling the same way, but I'm not going to speak for her, but my mind has just been absolutely overwhelmed with negative thoughts and just, just, I'm like in this exhausting battle with myself of being like, I know it gets better. I've seen it get better before. I've seen myself hit low points before and come back from them. But right now it just feels like such a like long extended, can't speak long extended period of low that it just feels impossible to get out of and then that's when I start thinking about like damn like when this was this way I was so much happier and when this was this way I was so much happier and going back to what I was talking about earlier when I was talking to my my coworker today and I was like I'm very scared because I've been like holding on to oh just like when when that person gets out and I get to see them again it's gonna feel normal again and I'm gonna be better and I'm like but what if I don't feel better at that point, <laughs> I'm like, there's like, I keep saying, okay, well, when this happens, I'll feel better. Or when this happens, I'll feel better. Or it'll get back to, I'll get back to normal is what I keep saying, even though like, this is my new normal and it's hard for me to accept. I'm like, I'll get back to normal. I'll get back to normal when this happens, when this happens, when this happens. And then things happen and I don't get back to normal and I just feel completely defeated all over again because I'm reaching for this unrealistic expectation of like a normalcy that will never exist again. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I agree with that like a thousand percent. And I, I feel like that's the part that like my heart tries to battle with my head on where it's like, no, you can go back to that. You can go back to that. And like my right mind knows damn good and well, like one, even if I did go back to that life or that period of my life, it would still turn out. I would still end up here like where I'm at right now. Like it, that part of my life ended for a reason and yet it felt great. Um, and it made me feel like I was on top of the world on cloud nine. And I, I mean, those are memories that I will love and cherish for the rest of my life, but it still put me right here. And I don't want to do or go through anything that's going to put me right back here, yeah. you know? Um, and I feel like, but just the, just the feeling alone, like when you're already in a really ugly mental state and then going back and thinking about like, or trying to remember that feeling of like happiness or joy will almost suck like the the last bit of life you have out of you, you know, like just because you can't, it's, it just feels unattainable at that moment. Yeah. And I try to like, I've always tried to like keep the mindset, the very cliche mindset of like everything happens for a reason. But then I sit there and fo- like try to focus on, okay, what is the reason for this? What is the reason for this? And then when I can't find a reason, I'm like, well, fuck, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know what the reason is. My life sucks. My mindset, my, like, my mental health is probably the shittiest it's ever been. And I'm just trying to figure out why. And so then, again, I go back and I'm, like, rethinking everything. And I kind of restart that grief process of my own life every single time I try to figure out what is the purpose for this period of my life. And it's just like this, this little like wormhole that I keep going through. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then like, the, it's like knowing you're going down that wormhole, and then just really not wanting to feel that way anymore. And I feel that's when like the if I could just close my eyes and not exist and like start over feeling sets in. And it's like not that I want to kill myself or that I would try to pursue anything like that. But like if I could just not be here, if I could just start over, if I could just go back and redo if I could get a time machine and go back and redo some of the things I did what would I do differently so that way I didn't end up here and feel this way again and unfortunately the truth is that there's nothing you can do like the past is the past the past is the past and you can't change it and it's terrible (laughs) uh, yeah it's a really shitty feeling to have to accept and it probably will take me a long time because I still haven't accepted it and I know at one point in my life I've had felt the same way about a completely different decision. I, for a while, I was really upset with myself for choosing to move to Louisiana. I like would sit and just continually like mull over the idea of like, how different would my life be if I hadn't made that choice? Like, would it be better? Cause anything's got to be better than the way I'm feeling right now. Um, and so I was like looking for like any reason to blame myself for like decisions I had made and choices I had made. Um, and like the guilt feeling of the grief stage, like just feeling guilty about choices I had made because I thought I was making the right choice when I was making it. Um, and I, for a while, would hyperfixate on the idea that like I should have never moved here and my life probably would be so much better. And then I would think the same thing. If I could just not exist right now, that would be good too. Like if I could just not be here, I would be better. And I think like right now and what I try to remind myself of, but again, like, it's it's a lot easier to feed into those negative thoughts than it is to challenge them and try to think more positive thoughts. But I try to, like, remind myself that, like, the life that I'm grieving is of my younger 20 self, my 20, my 21, my 22, 
like when you're supposed to be out partying and figuring out who you are and living all these adventures and as you get older like you're supposed to settle down you're supposed to calm down and you know get settled into your career and you know life is supposed to kind of become more of like a normalcy of getting up going to work and doing those things and maybe having a little fun on the weekends but it kind of starts all over on Monday with the cycle of going to work because we're like in our mid-20s and this is the time where that's supposed to happen but it's like that that sucks (laughs) like I don't know I don't have a better word for that that was like kind of like very anticlimactic but like it sucks and like this like stage of like adulthood is just so confusing and so complicated because everyone else like like I feel like I'm in this like weird in-between stage where like some of my friends or people that I know I don't I don't I don't even say friends because most of my friends are like kind of in similar stages to me but like a lot of people that I know like they're still out and they're like partying all the time and they might not be in their career they might be working like part-time jobs where they have more flexibility to do more fun things on a regular basis And then I have other people in my life who are like, like one of my best friends, like pregnant and settling down with the love of her life. And, um, you know, I, you know, my sisters both have kids and and they're settling down and, and I'm just kind of like stuck in this like weird middle. And so I'm grieving a life that I don't even have, like not my past life, but like almost grieving, like the life that I'm in now, like my future life. It's like, I'm, I'm not there yet. And I'm grieving not being there yet. Like not being on the same page as other people. And that is also very confusing and fucks my mind up. Absolutely. My baby sister is 22 and just graduated college and is going to law school. And I'm like, damn, I am 24 and I live with my mom and I work a part-time job. It's a good job and I like it, kind of. Um but it's a part-time job and it's steady. Like it's an office job and I'm not out partying every weekend like I used to, or every night like I used to, but, and I'm in a healthy relationship, but I still don't feel like I'm going anywhere. Um, It just like never feels like enough. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like enough. Nothing feels satisfied. I feel like fulfilled ever. Yeah. Right now I feel like a literal piece of shit. (laughs) Like, Um, like I, like I wake up every day and I just feel like I'm going through like the motions like it's like yeah I got this great career and like I have my own place and I should be happy and content I have great friends like Zoe and I are friends again and our friendship is great and it's like I should be really content right now but all I can think about is like damn I miss my old life and damn I'm ready for my future life like I'm not I, I can't be content happy with where you are right now with yeah. where I'm at no I, I totally feel that I, I feel like I I don't know. I'm like where I'm at right now. I feel like I have the right to grieve choices or like go back and think like if I hadn't done this, how different would my life be? Because like had I not quit my career job, would I feel better now? Had I not gotten back into this relationship, would I still live in my own house? Would I like so many choices? Like I feel like that's where I'm struggling right now. It's like God, what I wouldn't give to like have my old house back and I just keep thinking about the house itself like or whatever or my old job what I wouldn't give to have that old job back um there's some things that I don't want back from that life but like there the things I do want back I'll never get back again like I, I burn those bridges and there's no like there's no rebuilding them I'm not a carpenter and I think even the things that we 
look now and say, okay, like I wouldn't want that back. Like we still grieve those things. Like there are friendships that I'm like, I would never in a million years want that back. Like my life is better off without it. But I still grieve when it was good because there were periods of those friendships and relationships that were good. There were there were reasons why we were in them. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's like appropriate to grieve those things. But it's also like you kind of feel guilty for grieving those things. because You're like, why am I grieving this relationship or this friendship that was so draining and so toxic? Like you kind of start having like this internal battle. Like I shouldn't be grieving this, but I am because there were moments that were good. And right. I think it's just like kind of, I mean, it's something that we both struggle with, but like trying to allow yourself to like feel whatever emotions that you need to feel about anything that you need to feel. And that any emotion that you feel, regardless of if it was a bad relationship, a bad friendship, a bad job, maybe, a, you know, your past life was maybe not the most healthy like mine was, like out partying every night. Like it's okay to still feel sad that those things are over even if they weren't the best for you absolutely I so I obviously don't work at the Democrat anymore but I like that job gave me some of like my favorite memories and for a while those were some of like my most favorite friendships and like bonds I had ever made um some of which that I never thought would end in a a billion fucking years um and I like I cherish that. I'll always like I, those will still be some of my favorite memories. Um, some of my favorite memories I shared with my ex. I wouldn't want to get back with that person in a billion years, but I will always cherish those memories. I will always cherish like the bond that we had, whether it's her or like old friendships or old jobs or whatever. Like I'll always love that. And sometimes I sit down and I'm like, damn, what I wouldn't give to go back to that. But in the same sense, it's like, ugh. like, you know, it wasn't healthy for you. You know that, you know, you're right, better like off you, without those things. But it's like when they were good, they were good. Right. And like I said, I mean, you obviously they ended for a reason. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here feeling like this. Obviously, at some point it was going to go bad because everything does happen for a reason. And you ended up on I would your like ass. to know what those reasons are. I universe if you could tell me i sure would um mercury is she's out of the freezer and i'm still feeling like the kid who was supposed to thaw the meat way before mom got home <laughs> oh my god yeah. <laughs> that's no exaggeration mercury she's out of retrograde and, and it I, doesn't feel that way it, at all I, I i will i got lucky at uh, all uh this past mercury adhd um i need an adhd button like we'll just a, a sound that just indicates that like, hey, we're having change, an ADHD right, moment. We're, we're just changing topic <laughs> real quick. I feel like our listeners are really used to that at this point. It's been almost two years of this. I think they think they've got it. Um, but even more so in this series because we we're trying to have it together and trying to have right. We're trying, but there's a lot points, there. but then we just kind of get distracted. So right, we just got off topic again by talking about how <laughs> get off topic. <laughs> but this past, I got lucky, and this past retrograde was good for you. Um, I'm not, hold on, I'm not that fucking lucky. Goddamn, chill out. I wasn't done. Um, it was circulated around like exes and like people from your past coming back up and every single one of mine that tried to pop back up got dodged. That's so great for you. I'm so happy that you had a good 
Mercury Gatorade because I did not have a good no, Mercury Gatorade at all. I just said I still feel like the kid who was supposed to pull the meat out the freezer before their mom got home, and now she's pulling in the driveway. Now what? And it's frozen. Zoe has a has a shirt that says Mercury's in retrograde or whatever the hell. It says it says Mercury's in retrograde or some shit. That's what it says. And that's, that's what the shirt says. And Zoe has now decided that that will be our passing stick for whoever had the worst one. And I had the honor and the privilege of getting the first time with it because mine was so shitty. It, yeah, it started I can't out. even talk about how shitty it was on this podcast because that's how shitty it was. Yeah, we're trying to go in a different direction. And, 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 and one of the things that happened was so... I can't even talk about it. The good news is, the good news is, is that hopefully you'll get to pass it on, not to me, but like, you know, to the other person in our circle that has it, the privilege of receiving the shirt. Hopefully you pass it on to them. Next retrograde. I would not like to hold on to it. When is the next retrograde? Hey, Siri. When's the next Mercury in retrograde? That fucking doesn't tell me anything. That was that was that was a past one. Um, hold on, I'm gonna look it up. Let's see. <laughs> She's showing me 2022 Mercury in the microwave retrograde 2023. Um, the next one is August 23rd to September 14th. That better not be mine. That's right before my birthday. I better have a good time, a grand old time. Because if I don't. Hmm, the streetcar's looking awfully beautiful. This is why we put the trigger warning. This is exactly why. We have dark humor. That is not funny. (laughs) That was, (laughs) I thought it was funny. Anyway. It's not funny, but sometimes I'd be feeling that way. So, definitely, um, let me go back to my notes so I can try to get back on track. Um, so, self-grieving is what I want to talk about. Oh, so it's the grief of your everyday life. Choice equals loss, which I felt like was super not the way I had thought about it, but was right. Choice equals loss. Like, I keep thinking about if I had made a different choice, what would the outcome be? Because obviously I lost something that I want back. Unfortunately, none of us are Rick and Morty, and so we cannot go back in time. Rick and Morty. Rick, Rick. I love Rick and Morty. Have you ever done You You haven't done acid. No. And I answer my own question. I don't do drugs, Zoe. Um, but I found this article on psychology today and I will not read it, but it's choice means loss the morning of everyday life and like it's deep. It's like it's really deep. Um so if y'all wanna if y'all wanna read it, I would Google what I just said and read it because it's it was deep and it put tears in my eyes. But it was like Really, it really put in perspective that, like, one, I'm not the only person who's grieving choices I've made. Um, and I'm I not think the we only. all do. And I think some people don't realize that's what's happening and what's going on. But I think every, I mean, every single person, like, you've gone through some sort of season of change. Every day you change. Like, today isn't different from yesterday, which is different from the day before, which will be different from tomorrow and the day after that. Like, every day is different. And you are different every day because every single thing that you go through shapes who you are and the life that you live. And so I think it's a typical thing and a common thing for people to grieve, you know, your choices and your past and and the life that you 
um, did live and the life that you wish you could live. But I don't think people realize that that's what they're doing. Right. And yeah, I feel like, you know, for people who are more mentally stable or mentally sound or like more accepting of the fact that like, hey, this is this is a choice I made and now I'm going to have to live with it. They don't it doesn't you know, they brush over like the whole fixating on the fact that like they're grieving, you know, some you don't even realize you're grieving, even though you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. But you are. And then for those of us who are who don't have the privilege of being mentally stable, um, <laughs> you still you thank know, you, you, trauma. Thank you. Thank you, trauma. And, you know, unfor- you know, I was a, a naive little lad and thought that, like, OK, I've been taking my medicine really really regularly i'm i'm so proud hold on round of applause for me um that i have not accomplished yet i that's a really big thing for me one i have the memory of dory off of finding nemo poor um is so tired of reminding me of something i said literally 20 minutes ago (laughs) um but i'm i've been really really good at taking my medicine every day um, and I haven't necessarily felt like a zombie. We talked about that a little bit with Maddie last episode about like our antidepressants and whatnot. Um, and but then I kind of gotten this idea of like, okay, I f- I'm not crying every day. So like when the feelings of the grief or whatever hit me, I felt like I got hit by a ten fucking pound truck, a ten thousand pound truck, because I was like, what the fuck is this? What is this feeling? I I've been taking the Wellbutrin every day. Why? do I want to like end it all right now? And I've one that's apparently a regular thing while taking a, me- a medicine like that is like, you can still, it, sometimes it can increase um, your suicidal thoughts, but you know, it, you're, if it has, if the, if the medicine hasn't like completely numbed you, like some of them do, you're, you know, you still have feelings and like sometimes some of them are a little bit more intense than others. And so like this past week, I've been grieving my past life and choices I've made and I really miss my house and I really miss like my old job and I really miss not feeling like shit every fucking day and kind of feeling like I was going somewhere in life. Um, Reach it. Right. Because honestly, I feel like that's what I miss the most right now is like I just feel like I'm not going anywhere. Um, I'm not as financially stable as I was two years or a year ago. I'm Same. I do not like my day job right now. Um, that's not a secret. I don't like it. <laughs> um, and I do not like living with my mom. Also mm-hmm. not a secret. So God damn it. I keep hitting the fucking mic stand. Can you hear it? Can you hear it every time I mm-hmm. fucking do it? It's driving me crazy. Um, I'm sweating, but like I'm, I'm, it's, it gets hot talking about these deep feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't showered and I went to the gym earlier. So like if I stink, sorry. The way that you just admitted that on a recorded podcast I'm is not even brave. Gonna, I'm not even going to, because I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait, like, whatever. And, like, I didn't stink after the gym. I was sweaty, but, like, I didn't smell. But I feel like sitting here right now talking about this, letting out all my demons, I might. Anyway, but, yeah, I've been I've been mourning, just feeling like a piece of shit. And I don't know if, like, graduation season came. I, honestly, that might be it. Grad season's here, and I'm like, oh, I've dropped out of college numerous amounts of times. I was supposed to be graduating. If, if life had gone the way I had planned it, I would be graduating with my associates right now. We would be having my graduation party this weekend, but I'm not. And life happened and I had to like put everything kind of on a hold and I don't live by myself anymore and I don't have that career job anymore and I 
feel like shit about it and I just whatever and for me um like I have a job that I really love and I have my own place and there's a bunch of things in my life that I should feel satisfied and fulfilled about and I'm grieving that feeling that feeling of like joy the feeling of satisfaction contentness like of of feeling fulfilled like that's what I've been struggling with the most because even though there are things going in my life that are going right and should be making me feel those ways my mental health is at an all-time low right now to the point where it's like I'm not capable in this very moment of like feeling that and I grieve that feeling every single day and by doing that I'm making myself feel even worse and less satisfied and less fulfilled because I'm like damn like I should be feeling good right now things are not that bad what is wrong with me and I'm and I'm I think I'm grieving like I think in the past I've been able to handle things a lot better and I don't know if I just kind of reached my threshold where my brain was like okay um you've handled enough trauma now we're gonna actually start feeling it I feel like in the past I felt my feelings I've always felt my feelings like pretty intensely um but I feel like I was able to kind of push through them and just be like, all right, cool. Like I felt them move forward. It was another day. But now it's like I feel everything so deeply and so prolonged. And and that is why I can't feel like I can't feel like satisfied or fulfilled because my like my mental health is just so bad right now. And I just I can't get out of this hole and this rut that I'm in. And it's just making me feel so guilty because it's like I I have so many things to be grateful for. And I, and I don't, like, I know that. I have plenty of people in my life to be grateful for, plenty, plenty of people that love me and care about me. And I have a wonderful job and a home. I have a roof over my head, which some people don't. And I'm like, I'm like I should feel so grateful right now. But all I do is feel like shit. All day, I every day. agree with you a thousand percent. And that is okay, too. Like, it is okay to, on the outside have everything together and to understand that you do and then still feel the way you feel because it's one it's your brain and you have to live in it so you get to feel that way um but I agree with what you said about like feeling everything so intensely and I was actually I was so excited for this episode today just because I knew we were going to get down to like some nitty-gritty stuff that we haven't gotten to talk about the last two episodes and so I was literally like trying to like mentally rehearse what I said so it would make fucking sense and one of the things that <laughs> we're came not up, making sense we're sorry but we make sense to ourselves right I understand her so <laughs> hopefully y'all do too same um but one of the things I literally said in my head was like I just feel like I feel feelings so intensely and I don't know if I attribute that to just like my I have such like an empathic like nature that like I one I feel your feelings and then I I feel my own on such a level that like if they're shitty feelings, they're debilitating. Like I have a hard time getting out of the bed. I have a hard time wanting to do anything at all. Um, the last two days I literally called out of work because I couldn't like, I, I just, I need, I needed the mental health day. And even if it was to like sit and wallow in my own self pity, I, I, I hadn't, there was nothing else I could do besides that. I took one of those days a couple of weeks ago, but I remember back in January I had like, um, trigger warning here, but I had like a pretty intense, like mental health episode. It almost had me hospitalized. Like, um, everyone in my life was like very worried about me. Um, I, I genuinely like kept telling people like, I'm going crazy. Like I felt like I was losing it. And after that I had started with a new therapist and she was, you know, I told her, I was like, I've always handled things so well. Like this just doesn't feel like me. Like something has to be wrong with me. 
because I handle things like I boss up, I push through, especially like on a professional level. Like when it started to affect my job and it still affects my job on a day-to-day basis, but it started to affect my job back in January where it's like, I couldn't get up and just put on my professional mask and go to work and do what I needed to do. And I was like, okay, something's gotta be wrong with me. Like I have a brain tumor. Like I'm, I've got mold toxicity. Like I'm listing off all these different things that it could be. Cause I'm like, this is not me. And my therapist was like, did you ever think about like, maybe this is you, maybe you just like ran out of steam like maybe like yeah you handled all those things but then your body just kind of ran out of like energy like your battery is on zero percent and you you don't have down yeah Yeah, and she's like this like you've you've reached your threat your threshold your your brain and your body has reached the point where they're like we can't take anymore and that's why you're not handling things as great as you used to and I was like I like the brain tumor explanation a whole lot better. Yeah, right. <laughs> Having to admit that, like, you burned yourself out. Yeah. Because so, obviously you, were, you weren't, like, burning yourself out on purpose. You almost were, like, an autopilot. You were like, okay, if – and honestly, that – I literally feel like I hit the same thing probably around the same time, too. And I know we weren't friends at that time. But I said, again, the same thing about feeling like I was fucking crazy. I said it to at least – at least four people. Um and one of the like at the time it was my ex and we lived together and I remember literally looking at them and being like dude I feel like I'm fucking crazy and I was like and I don't mean like I was like I like certifiably crazy like I needed to be put in a straight jacket like in a padded room um and I'm and and even then like looking at it now I probably wasn't doing anything that like made me like that but in my brain like I just felt like I was losing my fucking mind and the idea of burning yourself out makes so much sense because it's like that when you're in like that independent mindset where you're like okay if if nobody's got me I've got me right I think that's something that we both have we're both very like strong-willed and we've kind of you know we have people in our life that have been supportive of us and are, are there when we do hit these like rock bottom moments but like for the most part we take care of ourselves Right. We, we live on our own. We have jobs. We support ourselves. And so when it gets to that moment where it's like, I lost me, you kind of feel like you've lost everything. And that's when you start feeling crazy. Cause then it's like, okay, now I don't even have me. And you're like, oh my God, what if I don't have me, I have nothing. And I feel like that's, that was definitely a level that I had hit earlier this year. Um, and something that I had said out loud to a few people. And oh, I said it out loud to quite a few people yeah. to the point where they, had me evaluated at my job. I had, I, I had, I remember my mom being like, Hey, do you like, do we need to admit you? Like, what kind of crazy are you talking about? And I was like, I, I, I was like, I don't even know that like, I want to kill myself or anything. I, I don't even know if I feel that way. I just feel like I'm losing it. I, I'm losing it. I don't even know how to explain how I'm losing it. I just feel like I am. And I kind of went through this phase where like, I didn't want to do anything. I, if there was a bridge, I was going to burn it. I like the the middle finger was up to towards everything it didn't matter it didn't matter how close you were to me it didn't matter if I had known you for years it didn't matter if it was a job if it was the greatest job I went through a really shitty phase where like I had gotten hired at like five different places and I showed up for like one day and then quit because like I just I felt like I was losing it and I couldn't even like I couldn't even fake it long enough to be in front of people I didn't know and act like I was okay and, but I also didn't want to, like, lose my shit in front of them. So then I would just retreat back into my tiny little, like, hermit crab shell. And and then you go through that cycle and of, then like, you, grieving. 
yourself. And yeah. now, you're, now you're at the point where you're like, I don't even know who I am anymore. And you're like gr- grieving your loss of self while you're losing yourself, which is like the most chaotic mixture of fuckery that could probably ever exist because it's like, I'm in the middle of like losing my goddamn mind here and I'm feeling guilty about losing my goddamn mind here. Yeah, I remember, I, I'm, I remember my ex literally being like, you're crazy. And I was like, I think I fucking am. I, I'm not even going to tell you you're wrong. I think I am. And I, and then I, I went through an uglier phase where I had, where that like expression of feeling crazy in the moment when I was saying that I wanted it to be like kept in confidence. I feel like I'm at a place now where I can talk about that because I don't feel that way anymore. Absolutely. Um, but like when I was saying that to the people I was saying it to, I, it was strictly between like me and those people. Um, and then eventually it got thrown around and it became a joke and like a standpoint for like bullying or whatever. But I was going crazy. I was literally, I was losing my mind. I was ready to like literally give up anything. I, I would, I was manic almost, but like not the, not the fun kind of manic. We're no. like, oh, you're shopping and you're cutting your hair and you're having fun or whatever. I was like, stop this paying. I was not going to pay bills. I was not going to go to work. I was not going to get up out of the bed. I remember. I was like barely surviving at this point. Yeah. I was not eating. I lost the most amount of weight. I think I hadn't weighed that much since I was like 15. I weighed 118. Um, I went through a period of not eating too. Like I felt so disc. Like it was weird because it was like you're not starving yourself. But this is that part of like. And and I'm not talking about this because I'm like I need everyone to feel bad for me. Like I'm talking about it because I feel like other people go through these stages and they they feel like alone in it. And like, I'm here to tell you, like, you're not alone in it at all. But like, I went through like a stage where I felt like very disconnected from like myself. Like it was weird. It was like, I was, I was getting up every day and I was living my life, but I didn't feel like I was living my life. And I know that's really confusing, but because I felt so disconnected from myself and my body, like I didn't even have an appetite. It's not like I was trying to starve myself. A girl likes to eat, but I like literally, like if I would try to eat, like just like the, it felt like a, like a task almost, like just like trying to force a myself literal to chore, eat. Yeah. like a chore, like it was like weird, like the idea of just eating was weird, like it just felt you just I just felt so disconnected from almost my entire like a sense being. of like guilt, where it was like I hate myself and I hate what I'm going through so much that like giving myself sustenance is not is not acceptable, and I I feel like I went. I definitely went through that too. And I remember like having to be like motivated to eat. Like somebody would have to literally be like, Hey, did you eat today? And the only reason I would eat after that is because I knew somebody was like breathing down my neck about it. Um, cause for a while I would just go days without eating. Um, which was, which also was not like me. And of course I gained all of the wheat pack. It was very nice, but like it was, it was, that was a really ugly phase. And I remember too, waking up and looking in the mirror and one not recognizing who I saw, but also hating that person. I remember saying and real it is. Oh my, okay. That is something I thought only happened in the movies. I kid you not until I remember looking in the mirror and, and bawling, literally just crying and staring at the person that like was looking back at me and, and not like, knowing who that person was. Not, not knowing, not having an idea of who that person was. And then also hating her at the same time. And then also at the same, like all at once, also grieving who I thought I knew. Because I'm like, oh, this is not, one, this is not me. Two, 
what are you crying over? And then three, it's like, oh my God, where like, I, I, I want the old me back. I want to not feel like this again. And it was just a really ugly, oh, like the, ta- I think talking all, about it puts this like, I know it like brings back a lot of like scary times uh, for sure, because that was probably one of the scariest times in my life. Like it scared the crap out of the people around me. I had people like literally watching me like a hawk. My mom literally texted me every morning. Happy Monday. Happy Tuesday. Happy Wednesday. Just so that she could like check in on me and hear from me because we don't always typically talk daily. But I think the, those episodes in themselves that like we both experienced were our minds subconsciously experiencing grief and at the time I couldn't recognize it at that at the time I was like I'm just losing my mind I don't know who I am I'm disconnected from myself like that person in the mirror ain't me who the hell is this but I think looking back on it now and like talking about the topic that we're talking about today like I think that was a part of like a grief process for me right it wasn't the end of an era you're you know we're changing seasons now and not like we're going from winter to spring or whatever, but literally like in your life, you go through seasons. I was reading a book um, on tarot cards actually, but he was talking about like, we have our winter seasons and our summer seasons and the winter is really cold and ugly and dark. And then there is the summer season and my summer season was ending and I was grieving that. Um, It's not something that like you plan for. It's not something that's always voluntary. Like there are changes that you make in your life that are voluntary. And then there are some that it's like, I don't know how I ended up here. And I think those are even harder to grieve because it's not something that you expected, wanted, or saw coming. Especially when you thought you were making the right choice for yourself. I, I oh my God. Like, if I could, like, if I could go back in time and, like, just hug the me that was crying over choices I had made because I thought that it was going to turn out better for me. I thought I was doing the right thing. And I even had people around me saying that, like, oh, this might be good for you. And then, like, they might have been the wrong people, but, like, I, I thought that I was doing the right thing. I, I, You always want to think that, like, you're going to lead yourself in the right direction. And it's a different kind of feeling when, like, you're looking in the mirror and you're like, you let me down. You let me down. And, like, you're like, ah. Oh. You're used to, like, other people letting you down. Like, that's typical. People suck. Right. They let you down. Right. But it's when a, you let yourself down, it's like, damn, damn, bitch. I thought you at least had me. I thought you had my back. Right, because if nobody has me, you got me. And now now you don't got me now I have nobody it's almost like it's it's so crazy because it's like you're it's like your subconscious and your conscious are like in a battle with each other somebody's sad and the other person's like I don't know what I did I thought I was I thought I was making the right choice and you know but uh however I think we both learned the hard way that like you're not going to get anywhere by beating yourself down however it's okay to like feel like you can be angry with yourself and like that goes through, like, here, here shortly we're going to switch over to, like, the death of a loved one situation. But, like, in the stages of grief, like, it's you're okay to be angry with yourself for making those choices. And it's okay to feel guilty for making the wrong choice or feeling, for feeling like you made the wrong choice. The good news is, though, you loved yourself enough to think that you were made. You went off of your own better judgment and you thought you were doing what was right for you. And you can't take that away from yourself, you know? um you're trying like you tried right like I think that was one of the things that started to set me off the deep end is like I had made a choice to move um across the lake for those of you who are not from here who listen it's about an hour away from where I'm from um and 
you know, there were some good parts of that. I got to spend a lot of quality time with my sister and my nephew. But when I went out there, I was disconnected from my life. I was kind of just like engulfed into her life. Like I was hanging out with her friends who were great, but I was hanging out with her friends and like, just, you know, like I I felt like I completely lost my sense of self. But in my head, when I made that choice, I was like, I'm going to have a fresh start. I'm going to do better for myself. I'm going to create a new life. And even though it's not that far away, it's far enough away for me to get away from the unhealthy and toxic things that are in my hometown. And I went out there and completely failed. I stayed for three months and I moved back. And when I moved back, I moved into a house with my friend and lived on an air mattress in her spare room. And I felt like, shit, I failed. I tr- but, but at the end of the day, like I tried, you know, like I tried to do better for myself. I thought that's what was going to be better for me. I thought this was, this was how I get my fresh start. And it wasn't what I pictured. And it, you know, there were some good parts of it. I'm not, I don't think my sister listens to this, but I thoroughly enjoyed spending that like extra time with my sister and my nephew. Like that was probably the only pro about moving out there but by doing that like I completely lost my sense of self because I lost my life um and I didn't know how to start over and start from scratch I'm not one of those girls that can just pick up and move away and start over and I learned that very quickly and the hard way um but I beat myself up for that for a while because I was like I was doing good I was doing good until I did this and then I did this And I completely went crazy. Like I was still living um, an hour away when I started to lose my mind. And I was like, damn, like I thought this was going to be better for me. And then I just started beating myself up and going into the cycle. And then I got into a situation that kind of what Zoe's in right now, where it's like that independence that I had built up for so long was completely gone. I was living with my best friend and her husband and her daughter. And while they were very accommodating and hospitable and lovely and I do miss um, Alan's cooking very much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I miss the mom and dad home cooked meals very much, and they were they were they were nothing but a pleasure, and they did never made me feel like a burden. I still lost that independence that I worked so hard for because I was sleeping on an air mattress with none of my belongings in a room with my dog, and so yeah, I feel that. So that's like you know an example of what we're talking about is like I made a choice that I thought I was like this is gonna be it for me, this is gonna be better for me, this is where I'm finally gonna get to start fresh like create this new life for myself. It's going to be positive. And it completely went the opposite way. And I grieve that because I grieve, damn, if I would have never fucked with my life, if I'd have just let it, right, if if I just, just let, let it, it be, right. <laughs> maybe I wouldn't have went through what I went through back in January, which was very scary and very dark. Um, I feel like you almost forget like, okay, the reason you got up and did that was because you were feeling a different set of feelings that you're feeling now that you're grieving the fact that you made that choice you know like and it's hard it's hard to like remember that like hey the whole reason I did this was because I was feeling like shit then too and now I feel like shit for a different reason but like I felt like shit then too you know like I did it for a reason I didn't just wake up one day and was like "Mm -hmm, I'm gonna change my whole life you know and I've done that twice now twice three well yeah twice now twice that I like did on purpose when I moved I moved here when I was 15 and I did that because I wanted to go to school here I wanted in-state tuition I was young enough to where I could do that and at the age of 15 I had no idea what the fuck I was doing with my life that that was one thing and for a while I did beat myself up over making that decision but I was 15 um but then when I was 20 I remember my mom had moved to like Arizona and I was living in Louisiana with like nobody in my life and I just remember being like going through Thanksgiving and being really lonely 
And I had a friend at the time who had made me the godmother of her child. And like, that was really nice, but it just wasn't the same as like having a family. And then I went through Christmas and I went through Christmas alone. Um, and that really sucked. And I woke up one day and was like, I'm going to move back to Georgia. I'm going to move in with my dad. And I got to spend time with my sister and my brother and my dad and his girlfriend at the time. But I was sleeping in his basement and I was driving an hour to and from work every day. And as soon as I moved there, the engine in my car blew and I was having to like borrow his girlfriend's car and my sister's car. And I just felt like a burden on the people around me, even though they loved having me there. And it was so great. I just didn't, I didn't feel like I belonged there. And I lasted six months before I got my ass back up and moved back to Louisiana. And I was really upset with myself because I had gone from an apartment to a really steady job and having my car that was working or whatever and like having this friendship or whatever to to moving back in with that friend I moved so I went from like a friend or I went from my dad's house in Atlanta to now a friend's house who she just had a newborn kid I was sleeping in her bed babysitting for her basically while she went to work and I had nothing um and then I went through that again just recently I got into a relationship that I thought was going to be good for me and I I made the choice to like leave my house and move in with this person and I didn't know that it was going to turn out the way it did I didn't know that like it was going to send me back to my fucking mom's house (laughs) I mean I you know I didn't make any of those choices with the intention of like you're gonna feel like shit in a few months and so it's hard like to not beat yourself up because like you're also subconsciously beating yourself up. You're like, yeah, you stupid bitch. But then also you're like, okay, but you were hurting then too. Like, and like uh, in one of those I was hurting and I was lonely. And then like this recent time I was making a choice that I thought I, I thought it was going to be good for me. You know, nobody can, nobody predicts how relationships go. And I genuinely thought that like, this was going to be, this was going to be like it for me. This is my end game. This is the person I was supposed to be with for the rest of my life. And as bad as I wanted it to work, it just didn't. And I ended up on my ass because of it. This is what I mean when I say, like, Zoe and I go through so many of the same fucking things. It's scary weird. It is crazy. (laughs) But anyway, moral of the first half of this episode is it's totally, totally, totally normal to grieve your choices. And to grieve a life that you had or a feeling that you had friendships that you had, relationships that you had, or grieve, you know, a life that you think you should have. It's it's weird to think that you could grieve something that never existed, but, like, you totally can. Yeah, to, to sum that up, going through that grieving process is, I feel like, is essential to healing from it, you know? Um, it I wrote it down because I had these thoughts earlier, but it was giving your space yourself space to acknowledge them makes room for clarity. Like, okay, now... I understand I made this choice. I have felt my feelings on it. I It hurt. It sucked. I cried for a while. I sat in my bed for a while. Now I understand that everything happened because I thought that I was making the right choice for me and I'm going to continue to just go through life and make the choices I think are right. Life, unfortunately, is like this huge game of trial and error and you're never going to know um, what every outcome is. My, I always tell everybody my biggest fear is not spiders or heights or whatever. It's oblivion. It's never knowing what's going to happen next. Um, and it will, it's my demise because I will obsess over trying to know, <laughs> well, of trying to know like what the future is going to bring, but you never will. You don't know. Um, and I think like to bounce off of that and to frame that in a more positive mindset 
and something that keeps me going now um, is you don't know what life is going to bring. So even if you're feeling like shit in this season and this season is really, really, really tough, um, there's always a next season. And try and think of the times where you thought you weren't going to come back from it and you did. And that's what keeps me going now. And that's what keeps me, you know, able to challenge those negative dark thoughts that I do have from time to time because I do struggle with a pretty intense mental illness and that is part of it. And I'm not going to say that those thoughts are completely vanished, but I'm able to fight back and not feel as like overcome by them by saying, no, 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 no. This is temporary. And I've gotten myself out of it before and there will be a new season soon. I don't know when soon is. Soon can be in a couple weeks, a couple months, maybe in a year or so. But like, I know that this is not forever. Right. And it might not look like how you think it's going to look. It might be vastly fucking god damn it might be vastly fucking different <laughs> we're trying to be serious here and so he keeps i head on the dude, gym i don't know why i wore a hat because i went to the gym so my hair is disgusting and she didn't like, shower but <clears throat> right anyway um but like you know knowing that like okay there's gonna be never a new season that new season might not look how you think it's gonna look either but it's just there's some small comfort in knowing that like this doesn't last forever and yes it fucking feels like hell while you're going through it and that's valid and that's and yeah and that's valid i trust me i if anybody knows that we do like it, it it's it sucks okay and like i'm stubborn as hell and having to learn like every day like okay it's okay to feel this way you don't always have to have it together you don't always have to be like on your a game you can take a mental health day you can sit in your bed all day you can go to the gym and not shower <laughs> um you know like you can you cannot put your contacts in. That was me this morning. I didn't even have the energy to put two little tiny contacts in my eyes. And I went to work with my glasses. And it's the first time that people in like four months of me working this new job have seen me in my glasses. And I was like, you know what? That's that's the vibe I'm on today. And even though it seems so small, it was such a big deal for me. And it just like was like, I'm too exhausted to even do such a small task. And you have days like that. And it's okay. It's okay. Um, to close out that finally, um, I want to say... It's going to be a long episode, y'all. Buckle in, because we still have a whole other thing to talk about. (laughs) Um, In order to break free from what no longer serves us, we need to look inward and honor the pain that we've been holding. Um, So, like, right, that was a little deep. It says we can't live authentically when we don't feel safe, which is why we may find ourselves in relationships that we know are not good for us or getting caught up in behaviors that do not align with our values. So, like, I am notorious for it I would love to not sit in my grief and I would love to run around and pretend like everything is okay and I have done that uh and it has been the downfall and it has been and it's it's always always to my demise every single time eventually I always end up on my ass eventually you're going to lose the steam right just like we both did at the beginning of the steam runs out so eventually it runs out if you don't let yourself sit in those feelings and feel those feelings when they come they build up, they build up. They don't just go away. No. And it, it, and sometimes it feels like they do, you know, because you're like, oh, everything is so good right now. You know, I, I had a good day. I, I, I got drunk. I did this. I did whatever. And you feel good and you think it's gone. And then you, you know, the high's over. The serotonin's gone. You're like, oh, fuck. And before you know it, you find yourself asking if somebody can put you in a padded room with a straitjacket. And, and so it's, you know, I feel like my best advice is, to feel your feelings when they come. And I know sometimes they're not always the most convenient and like whatever, but do what you have to do to, you know, separate yourself 
so you can feel those feelings and then and then move on because otherwise you're going to sit in them and you're going to they're even if you're not thinking of them they're there and they're going to boil and they're going to boil over and then before you know it you're crazy <laughs> and i don't even mean that in a fucked up way you're going to feel crazy i and it's like it's almost comforting to know that like lo has been through something like this and i know other people have too but like it made me feel when she told me that story it made me feel a little less crazy because like okay i felt crazy but like she did too so like obviously if there's two of us there's probably two more and then two more after that and then two more after that like there's you know not ev- not everybody goes through what we've gone through but we're not the only people who have and so like if y'all feel like y'all are going crazy too we have so have we we've um, been there and we're here to tell you that there is another side of it because although neither one of us are like at our peak right now we definitely aren't where we were three months ago four months that's ago. okay that's big facts i yeah i am i am so far from being on top of the world right now but i am not down on rock bottom again that's made out of glass with lemon rain so yeah yeah so there's that there's that All grieving right. yourself and I don't know how to segue, but um, another thing that has been very prominent in our lives and has probably not helped with the fact that we feel like and that we had gone crazy um, is dealing with and going through the death of a loved one. Yes. Grieving a loss of a loved one. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I feel like this is just having this episode is probably like a huge part of my healing because I Absolutely. am what they call a dysfunctional griever and I do not grieve in like the um standard stages that people go through when they grieve um I try to avoid very similar yeah I try to avoid it um in every way possible and for starters Lauren and I had a friend who passed away um 2018 yeah that's a god how long ago is that can you do the math um, I'm not Five a years. physician, but <laughs> long time ago is my, <laughs> I almost just fell over. Um, long time ago is my best estimate. Five years, 2018, 2023. So yeah. yeah, five years. And that was like um, my first, well, it wasn't my first major loss. I did lose, um, another friend when I was in high school, but it was my first close loss. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that happened in 2018. Um, and we were friends throughout that. Um, and I don't, I, I do remember then just feeling, um, like I had to take care of everybody else throughout that. Um, I was in a relationship at the time with somebody who at that time had a really heavy alcohol problem. And I remember his parents looking at me and being like, Hey, are you going to take care of him? Cause like, this is going to hit him really hard. And it was as, uh, as close as Chad was to me he was even closer to my ex way closer. Um, and so I remember like just kind of occupying myself and distracting myself from that level of grief by taking care of him by literally like being at his beck and call, do letting him do say and treat me however he wanted, because I just wanted to make sure that he was okay. The whole time I was just kind of avoiding my feelings towards it. And I've been in a very similar situation um, in the past week or so, my ex-boyfriend's best friend, very best friend on this world, um, passed away very unexpectedly um, a couple weeks ago. And I've been going down a similar train of like, 
um, the first couple of days, you know, I was very emotional about it. But as soon as I had to like get into go mode and make sure he was okay, it was like, I, I kind of feel like my, like it just like my, my grief like vanished. And I was like, okay, I have to make sure that he gets through his and that he processes it healthily because he has a drinking problem. Um, and I want to make sure that like, this doesn't destroy him and, and tear him down because he, you know, has been doing so good and I don't want to see him fall back and, you know, making sure that he wasn't going to make any poor choices that were going to, you know, ruin his life. And so it's like, I immediately, like, as soon as, you know, he found out because he is incarcerated right now. So he did find out a little bit later than I did. But as soon as he found out, it was just like, all right, my time to grieve is over. It's time to take care of him. Do you feel like you put your feelings to the side to take care of him? Absolutely. Uh, okay. I did the same thing with Chad's situation. Um, and then the other grieving thing that we'll talk about too is my brother passed away in fuck July of last year. Um, and I was pretty alone through that. I feel like, um, we'll talk about it, but first, before we get into it, I want to talk about the stages of grief that they associate like with death. These were right, right? Before I read them, okay. Um, <laughs> she, um, she has it on a note. Low, please check. Are these right? Yeah. Uh, okay. So the first one is shock and denial. The second one is pain and guilt. The third one is anger and bargaining. The fourth one is depression, and the fifth one is acceptance. Um, and I, I know I don't know why that made me feel so emotional after reading through those. Um, Going back to like Chad for sure. Um, the shock and denial was a very was big one. Um, absolutely especially surrounding the circumstances of his death trigger warning here but um chad took his own life unfortunately um and i remember i had like i was in recovery from a a very (laughs) intense surgery you got your tonsils out. i got my tonsils out and was miserable and was like on pain medication sleeping all day so i felt like i was in a i felt like i was in a dream but i like i don't remember a lot my brain can't remember what the heck i ate for breakfast this morning but i can remember the exact moment I found out about Chad. Same, And being like, I remember my roommate at the time, she was my best friend at the time, she came in the room. Um, I guess someone had called her. I was sleeping. Again, I was on pain medication. So people had tried to contact me. I didn't wake up. Uh, She came in the room, she woke me up, and she was like, Chad's dead. And I was like, I couldn't really speak, but I remember being like, what are you talking about? No, he's not. (laughs) Like, and just, just like in that moment, like not being able to be realistic um, I know that Zoe has a semi, semi funny, of course it's not funny, but I know she has a, like a similar story of when she found out when Chad passed away of like that denial and being like, what are you, I, what are you talking about? I will not. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm fucking finding Dory, but like, I will not forget this. I was with my friends from college and we were getting ready. We were like shopping for school supplies. Cause like it was, uh, it was a, like a week out from school. It was also my sister's birthday. Um, Kira was born the same day that Chad had passed. Um, but I remember being like in my friend's bedroom and my ex called me and he was like, hey, I'm at uh, Lowe's. We had just bought a house. He was like at Lowe's getting stuff to like fix our fence. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, and then I remember he called me like right after he had hung up and I was like, what the fuck? Like, why are you calling me again? And he was just like dead silent on the other end of the phone. And he was like, Chad's dead. And I was like, no, he's not. And he was like, or no, he didn't say that. He said, Chad shot himself. And I said, 
okay, is he fine? Like, is he, is he in the hospital? And he was like, no, he's dead. And I was like, no, he's not. And I hung up the phone and I called him and it went to voicemail. And I remember like, like in the movies sliding down like this, it was like a closet door, but it was a mirror, like sliding down the closet door or mirror and just being like, what? And like my, everybody that was around me was like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, now this is a joke. And I remember calling my parents and telling them because Chad was a big part of their life too. Um, and he my was a big part of a lot of people's lives. He was, he was yeah. like one of those people that like never we met were, a stranger. We ever. were all like a big family in that time too. I think, and I was just about to say that like, you know, of course it was an awful situation and um, it, you know, we miss Chad dearly all the time. Um, it brought together. But it was one of the hundreds most, of people. It was one of my more fortunate losses in the sense that like it brought everyone together and we were like a family and we were there for each other. And it was like one of the losses that I've been through that had the most support behind it. And that was so helpful to have like other people who were experiencing the same loss and the same and everybody grieves differently and everyone has a different relationship with people. Um, And so, of course, the grief process isn't going to look the same for everyone, but like we all experienced a significant loss um, in whatever way that was and whatever friendship that we had with him or relationship that we had with him. But we were all able to come together and be there for each other, which was like such a powerful time. Like that time was, was like, yeah. damn, like all these people hadn't seen him forever. Like, I mean, I've known Chad since I was a teenager. Um, Chad like used to get me drunk all the time as a teenager. It's like tell my mom I was hanging out with my best friend who was his girlfriend at the time. And we would be out doing hood rat shit together at 16, 17 years old. And I have some of my fondest uh, memories. I say that very lightly because most of them I can't remember. But I, <laughs> but I like, you know, we, we had each other. We got through it. And that was what was fortunate about that specific loss was I think it's important when, when you lose someone and when someone passes away, to find people who are experiencing that grief with you. Absolutely. Um, And I know it's not like that for a lot of, I mean, the uh, the the last two losses we experienced were very different, which is why I said that was, that was a very fortunate. um, That, yeah, there was so many people that we, Chad knew everybody. So it brought people together that like, we probably never thought we would all see in the same room. I remember Zoe and I weren't even friends at the time that he passed away, actually. like, And we rode together to the funeral. We rode together to the funeral. It's, I started staying at her and her ex's house um, for a couple of days um, while everything was kind of going on, and we were planning like his, his celebration of life and things like that. And it actually brought me and Zoe back together as friends. Yeah, believe it or not, we haven't – we've had a few breakups. I know you all believe it. <laughs> I'm sure I believe Especially it. those of you who know us personally. Right. You know. You know. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was a fortunate, like, experience for us, I guess, in that sense. Um, but it did suck. And I do feel like I put my grieving to the side then for my ex to make sure he was okay. And I remember having a breakdown one day at the funeral. It was at the funeral. I remember walking up to his parents and they did not ask me how I was. They were like, Hey, how's so-and-so right? How's so-and-so. And I, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> just kill myself. I was like, he's okay. Oh God. I, I guess like took my life with the vape. 
<sighs> I remember like having like a little breakdown moment where I was just like, nobody's asked me how I am. And I was also, I'd also occupied myself with planning the celebration of life. We had volunteered to have it at our house, um, which it was supposed to be our housewarming party. And it had turned into like a funeral after party type deal. Um, and I remember just occupying myself so much with that to just like not have to feel these feelings. And I remember throughout the party, like just running around like a crazy person. I was being Martha fucking Stewart, trying to be the best hostess I could for this th situation and not feeling any feelings. And honestly, me not feeling those feelings led to the end of my relationship. Um, Cause I just kind of shut down and a month had passed and I was still shut down. Um, and I dropped out of school. I actually ended up finding out that one of the girls I had gone in class to class with was one of the uh, coroners on the scene for him. And that was like a, a really big deal for me. And I quit school. Like I just stopped going. I, I couldn't even like, I didn't even drop out formally. I just stopped going. Um, and then I struggled. Like it, my relationship suffered because of it and it ended. And I'm sure it would have ended for a few other reasons. Um, but that was ultimately like what led to the end of it. Um, yeah. And like one thing I want to touch on while we're talking about Chad, because so much time has passed, um, the other two losses that we're probably going to touch on in a little bit here are a little bit more recent. Um, so they're a little bit more fresh. fresh. Um, fresh. But with Chad, I think one thing that I, I do want to point out and acknowledge is like, because so much time has passed, I can speak on this. There are days where it's like you don't think about it and you kind of keep living your life um, and it's like kind of like a faint distant thought and a you feel guilty for that because you're like how can I ever not think about this all the fucking time like Absolutely, my friend is yeah. gone he was gone in such an awful way and of course um, with the topic of suicide like there was guilt that came along with that um, and then there are days that you feel it like it just happened and that's the weird thing with grief is it's not like this like linear thing where it's like okay it starts out really bad and then you just get better um there right. are which is why I feel like those stages of grief are kind of bullshit and like the whole idea like of the dysfunctional grieving is bullshit because like what do you mean I'm supposed to accept it I feel like I have accepted Chad's death some days and then other days I'm like damn that fucking sucks yeah and there are days that it's like you know i it's it's hard to even admit because you don't want to admit this and you don't want to say this with someone that you love and care so deeply about is gone. But there are days where it's like he's the, he, the thought never crosses my mind. Absolutely. And there are things that happen and I'm like, damn, I wish I could talk to him about this or damn, like I wish he could see this. Like there are days that like, you know, when I'm hanging out with Zoe, I'm like, I wish Chad could see us now because like right before he passed away, I remember there was a day that him and I were like hanging out and we were watching a movie and um, it was, it was, like a few months before he passed um him and I had just like gotten like really really close again hanging out all the time um and he was friends with Zoe and and I wasn't at the time and I remember him being like you guys are gonna be friends again it's gonna be fine y'all are gonna figure it out and like he never got to see that and that breaks my heart because like you know especially like with Zoe and I like having our little breakup and then coming back together. I'm like, damn, like I wish I could see this. Yeah. Um, and so there are moments where it's like, I feel it really heavily. And then there are moments that I don't feel it at all. And I think that like, that's something that is hard to be okay with because you feel guilty for having those moments where you don't feel it at all. But like, that's normal and that's right. okay. I feel like guilt, the 
guilt stage and the acceptance stage should just go hand in hand at all times because I, I definitely feel like that. And I, my brother passed, it's been almost a year. So like it hasn't been super, super recent. And so it's not super, super fresh. Um, but, and I feel like it's kind of like, I feel like I've gone through all of the stages already. And then like, I kind of just go through them again and again and again. And so like, I totally get like the whole, like, Oh, it's like, they're not even, they never even existed to begin with. Right. Like you just almost, it's not that you forget them, but like you just, it's life not, goes on. Right. It's not a daunting feeling anymore. as like when it first happened and you felt like I'll never get through this. Like, there's no way, like I can do life without this person there. And like, you just feel this like guilt from time to time when you do think about them of like, damn, why do I not still feel that way? Why am I not still beating myself up every day for things I should have said or things I should have did or for, you know, like, or being sad every day that they're gone anymore. And it's like, what I have to remind myself is like, my life still has to go on. Yeah. And, you know, un- you know, as unfortunate as it is and as sad as it is and as much as like, of You're course, we wish these people it. were still here. Right. You're doing yourself a disservice by like stopping everything for them, you know? And obviously they wouldn't want that either. We know, all know that. Like, it sounds like a cliche because everybody says, oh, they wouldn't want you doing this, but they probably really fucking wouldn't. Like, you can't just put your whole life on hold for it. I mean, you can in those first, everybody gives you like a bereavement, right? They give you that time of bereavement, not, not just work, but like people in general, you know, it's so fresh. Oh, you get to be sad for like the first week. And I feel like nobody thinks about like the, the 14th week or the years after, right? or the years after, like I had a whole every birthday, every, you know, death anniversary where it's like, it hits you like a ton of bricks and people are like, yo, that happened five years ago. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, I know, but it feels like it happened yesterday right now. Right, and I I feel like that's the only time people really give you that moment. And, like, yes, you do have to move on with your life, but, like, nobody – I feel like people forget until it's them that, like, hey, this is going to pop up again. And, like, I haven't even hit the year mark of my brother yet. And I even – I feel like I was fine through his birthday. Um, But, like, I had a – like, two weeks ago, I had a moment where, like, it felt like it was brand new. And – I feel like I grieved backwards almost with this situation um, because I remember waking up and getting that phone call and just kind of sitting there in silence like, huh, okay, all right. Like almost like it was a joke, but then almost like I felt like I had accepted it like right then in that moment. Like, okay, like I kind of knew this was going to happen and I didn't. I Like he died from um, a drug overdose, but it wasn't intentional. Um And so I don't feel like, I felt like I had accepted it because, like, he had done drugs before. Like, I I had always guessed that, like, if he was going to pass away, it was going to be because of something of the sort. But, like, this time around, it wasn't on purpose, and it was, like, he was trying to better his life. Uh, He just had a bad night, or he just had fun one night, or he thought he was having fun. But, like, I grieved super backwards in this process, and I remember it kind of fucked me up for a, a long while. Hello, Ollie. Um, I remember waking up and literally being like dead frozen and just like, okay, all right. And I, I, I woke up and I knew something was wrong. I had gotten like a billion phone calls from a number I didn't recognize. Um, and then I had gotten a phone call from his older brother, I guess to specify or to clarify when I say my brother, he's not my blood brother. Um, but he was the first person I met when I moved to Louisiana and my stepdad introduced him to me as my brother. He was like, 
this is your brother. And then he looked at him and he was like, whatever she wants, you do. And he did. For years on end, he would take he took me to school. He took me to my homecoming dance. He took me to my first One Direction concert. Um, <laughs> he beat up my ex for me when I when my ex did something bad to me. He beat him up. Um, he was the first person to ever get me high. He taught me how to drive. Um, that that was my brother. Like that was the big brother I never had and also didn't ask for, but got anyway. Um, <laughs> and I wouldn't have traded it for the world. Um, and try not to cry. <laughs> um, but I remember just being super frozen and super stuck and like seeing that all these people had called me. And I remember looking at the phone and like seeing the combination of people that had called me. And I was like, Blake's dead. Like I just, I just knew in my soul that like, that's what it was. Um, and so I'd picked up the phone and I called everybody back. So I let them all give me their version of the story. Um, Cause I think I had worked the night before it was 4th of July. I'd worked the night before. So I, I'd woken up late to all of this and I was like, okay, um, all right, all right, all right. And then I remember my best friend at the time was like, Hey, just, you know, I'm so sorry. I just felt like, I don't know. I felt like I didn't feel like it, or I felt like it was so real that like nobody else had reacted the same way that I felt like I should have, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like I know at like face value, I probably looked fine, but like internally I was like, what the fuck is going on? And nobody else was reacting the same way. Like, I don't even, I genuinely can't even remember my mom crying. And I felt like she would have. And I just, and I don't think she did. I think that's like the weird thing about grief though, is there's no one right or wrong way to grieve. And everyone grieves so differently because my relationship with Chad was not the same relationship you have with Chad, which is not the same relationship your ex did or the same relationship this friend did or this friend did. Like everyone, when someone passes away, like everyone has a different, unique relationship. No one relationship or friendship is the same. The memories are not the same. You know, what? like the weight that it carries is not, not the, the same. same right? And so like everyone grieves differently, which is so, you know, it's it's weird because it's like, then you almost feel guilty because you're not grieving the same way that everyone else is. But it's like that that should be expected because you didn't have the same relationship that everyone else had. Like you had a different relationship with Blake than your mom did or than James did or, you know, than, you know, his blood brother did or whatever. Like your relationship with him was different, but it feels so guilty and dark when you're in the grieving process to be like, damn, I don't think I'm doing this right. But like there is no right way to do it. Absolutely. No, I, I'm, I'm even his brother, um, and I'm not his older brother, like his actual blood brother. I remember him telling me so calmly, like so calmly. And I was like, you're not losing your shit right now. So should I not be losing my shit right now? And I didn't, I did not. I don't think I cried over it until like 12 hours later. And even then it still hadn't hit me. Like it still wasn't like a real thing. And I remember talking, um, with my ex who was my ex then at the time then too just like going through and sharing some of our like fondest memories of him um and still not feeling like it was real like not even crying and and feeling guilty for not shedding a tear um, but i think that's like what's important and to remember ollie okay. <laughs> ollie buddy um, about grief is like grief is not just sitting down in a corner in a ball crying Grief is and it can, that it can be, but it like can it, be, but it it's is. not it always be, like But that. it's not always that. Like 
grief is being angry, being angry at yourself for thinking I should have done this differently, especially with like the couple of friends that we're specifically kind of talking about today is like, there is some guilt left over because of the way that they passed away. And I think there's probably guilt with every person that passes away, even if you don't lose them to, you know, an OD or to a suicide or to mental health or things like that. I think there's always that guilt of like things you should have said or things you should have did or like, damn, like if I would have known that was the last time I was going to talk to him, that conversation would have went so differently. So like, but I think it's important to remember like grief is not just crying. Yes. Crying is a big part of it. Sitting in a ball is a big part of it, but not like not accepting it, being in denial, being in shock, being angry, feeling guilty, all of those things, eventually, you know, having your moments where you completely accept it, like all of that is real and valid parts of grief. And it doesn't mean that your grief is any less than the other person's grief because you're not doing it in the same way. Right. Yeah. I, I felt like I was frozen in time for like a hot, hot, hot minute. And then I remember, um, I got to view him and I was like, okay, this is, this is when it's going to be real for me. Right. Like this is when it sets in. Um, and it didn't, (laughs) um, I literally like he was cremated and we got to see him, um, before like they did it. Um, and so he wasn't like, dolled up or anything because it wasn't like an actual funeral yet the funeral didn't happen until like a month later or I think over a month later um but I got to see him and I was like I I said yes because I thought that like that was going to be like my closure moment um and it didn't it didn't do any of that for me um it almost made it worse um and I remember literally like we walked in and I sat there and I just stared at him and I was like Okay, and me, uh, me and his older brother cracked jokes because <laughs> we didn't know what to do. Um, I remember saying, "That's how get, we get through pretty much every unbearable thing in life is just joke it's about just it." Just joking about it. It was me and Jenkins literally were like, "I can't believe they're cremating him because he was always walking around without a shirt on because he was always fucking hot." <laughs> like we were just we were joking and we were trying to whatever, and then finally, like after twenty minutes the people at the funeral home were super fucking nice and gave us like an extended amount of time because I felt like me and Jenkins just kind of, we sat on the couch for the first half of it for a while and just like stared. Um, and then we got up and, you know, we had our moment with him and I remember getting in the car and driving home and calling someone on the phone and they were like, Hey, how was it? And I was like, I still don't feel anything. Um, I felt like it was morbid. It was super morbid. Um, there's like a numbness that comes when you absolutely. Um, and I feel like I was numb for like a really long while until, until like I hit a moment where like I was on like an ugly path and I needed him. I might cry. (laughs) Um, and I needed him. We told y'all this would happen. (laughs) Right. And I needed him. And then was like, oh, damn. I want to pick up the phone and call Blake and I can't cause he's fucking dead. <laughs> and then I was more mad because he was cremated and there was no like headstone or urn. And so there was nowhere that like I could feel like I could be with him. And then I hit the anger part and I skipped over every other feeling. And I was like, now nah, I'm just pissed the fuck off that he's not fucking here. How do you leave when shit gets hard? I'm not crying. Bad bitches cry too. 
know, Holly's cutting onions under the table. Um, no, and I, so, like, I skipped over, like, it was, like, numbness, nothingness. Um, when we did have the funeral, I remember just being fucking plastered the whole time. I could not have gotten through, uh, that sober. And so I was just shit-faced the whole fucking time. Um. We did very similar things when Chad passed away. Yeah, I was shit-faced the whole fucking time. And then I remember still just not feeling much. Actually, <laughs> actually, the day before his funeral, I don't even remember being sad over Blake dying because I had just found out that the dude I was fucking with was cheating on me. And so I didn't even, like, I skipped clean over, like, my grieving process of Blake dying and was just pissed the fuck off that I had fucked with somebody for, like, three months that had cheated on me. And so, like, I was just mad over that. And I remember, like, talking with my friends about that we had um, the, like, after-funeral party situation at the Democrat, and not, my friends were there, and I remember just not even talking about my brother, like, just just talking about that. Um, and I feel like I didn't feel guilty then. I feel guilty now because I feel like I waited. I waited way too long to, like, grieve over him, but then again, like, there's no control over, like, all of those feelings. Um I don't feel like I got really sad over or I didn't really set in that he was not here up until like last week and he passed away on July 5th of 2022 and it's currently today May 17th 2023 and so like a week ago from today I was like okay this shit sucks really bad and that's when I had like my moment where I was like damn if I could just I don't know, it, it felt really like, it was really overwhelming to like feel all of those feelings a year or almost a year later because then it's like, I want to pick up the phone and call the people that like I could have called the day he died and expect them to feel the exact same way, but some of them have, are not in that stage. Like they're, they've gone through their like, oh, I'm super sad phase and they're okay. And there's some people I can't even talk to anymore that I don't talk to anymore that I did talk to when he first passed away that I can't even talk about it with anymore. And that sucks too. And so like now I've like, I'm, I'm in this new relationship and I had to, I had to leave his house the other day because I was going to cry. Like I just woke up and it was like, Blake was on my shoulder and I had to leave. And he was like, Oh, what's wrong? And I was like, I had to leave because I can't cry in front of you. <laughs> and, and it's hard like, when like, you're right, cause he was leaving someone and the people in your life know. don't know them. Right. Well, I mean, you like feel you very isolated and very alone. And I'm like, I've been going through a similar situation um, with the person that I just lost in my life. Um, it was my ex's best friend. And, you know, at, at the time that I was close with him, like Zoe wasn't around for that. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, very like none of my friends like met him. He was like I would you know, he, my ex was living with him. I would go over there and it was just kind of like when we would hang out, it was like me, my ex and him. And so when he passed away, like, I, I, I still feel, I mean, this happened two weeks ago, just, like, very isolated in that grief because it's, like, nobody around me knew him. Nobody around me shared memories with him. Right. Nobody around me understands what I'm going through besides maybe my ex. But then it's, like, my ex is feeling it ten times more than I am because that was his best fucking friend and I I acknowledge that and I accept that and then you almost feel guilty like I know for me like I almost feel guilty even grieving because I'm like 
there are people that knew him better than me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I I get that. Ironically, the same day that I was feeling heavy about my brother and grieving over him was the same day that your ex's friend passed away. And so, like, I felt like the universe kind of knew what it was doing then. It was like, okay, y'all are going to be sad bitches together. And we were. We were, were together that day. Like, I was there when you got the call. And so, like, we got to have our moment or whatever. But even then, it was still kind of isolating because it was like, I'm crying over Blake. You're crying over B. And, like, now we're, I mean, we're crying together and we're going through it together. But, like, we're, we're not, we're still not getting to, like, share those same fond memories or whatever. Um, and I get the guilt feeling because, like, Blake had friends way before me. I mean, I, I call him my brother. And, like, I had people that were his friends were like, that was not your brother. But he was um that's that's something I really want to talk about today too is like it's it's so shitty and I get that like everyone goes through their grief process and maybe it's a part of your process to be angry and to like hold on to the very tight tight friendship that you had with people but like that's cool <laughs> but um one thing that like really bothers me when people pass away is everyone playing the game of who gets to grieve and I think what's like important to remember is like Every person that has had any sort of interaction with this person, whether it be something very small, something very big, an extent, like someone who's known somebody their entire life or someone who's known somebody for a couple of days, like if somebody had an impact on that person's life, like they have a right to grieve. They might not grieve as intensely as you do. They might not grieve in the same way that you do, but you do not get to dictate who gets to grieve the loss of someone um, and I think that's very, like, defeating um, when someone is trying to grieve and they feel like they don't even have a right to because other people are like, well, you didn't even know him that well or you didn't know him as long as I did or whatever the case is. Everyone's playing the game of who knew this person best and, and everyone thinks that they have a right to tell other people how to feel about it. But I think it's important to remember that, like, every single person who has ever been impacted by another human being whether it be so small, whether it be that person was really nice to me that day and bought my groceries and it really made an impact because I was really broke and you find out a couple miles down the line, that person died. Like you get to be like, damn, that's fucking sad. And you get to grieve that loss. And it might not be as big of a grief process as the person that's known that person since they were two years old. There are different grief processes because like I said earlier, everybody's relationship with that person was different. But I think it's just, you know, and, I, and I'm not saying I'm, like, innocent in this. I was guilty of this when Chad died. I was like, you didn't even know him like that. Right, right. And I feel bad for even doing that because now I'm in the position where, like, I feel and, – and no one has directly told me, like, oh, you don't get to grieve this person because you didn't know him that well. No one has told me that or, like, personally made me feel that way, and I'll be very clear about that. No one has reached out to me and, like, you shouldn't be grieving him. You didn't even know him that well. He was just your ex's friend. But, like – I feel that way. It's like I have like this own like you get to, and you get to feel that way. I have like this own guilt in my mind because I'm like, yes, like him and I had gotten close. My ex boyfriend got incarcerated, and he carried me through that. He was there for me, and I'm not gonna cry like Zoe did, but Pussy. <laughs> he was he was there for me, and he he got me through one of the most challenging things. In my life, which was my what I thought was my future being ripped from me in a split second um, because of 
some really crappy judicial system that we Welcome won't get into. Welcome to America. Right? But um, he got me through that. And that was something we went through together because while at the time um, I lost my boyfriend, he lost his best friend and his brother. And um, although that person is very much alive, like we still were kind of grieving the loss of, you know, the relationships we had when he was out of jail and in our lives and the things that we did with him and not having to pay to talk to him on the phone and having these brief 15 minute recorded interactions with him, like when we could actually hang out with him. Um, And so that was something that we went through together. And that was something that like really bonded us. Um, And there were times where B and I got into it because we didn't agree on a course of action because we both very much care about my ex-boyfriend and, um, we both felt very passionately about it, but at the end of the day, like we were there for each other. Um, he took me in with open arms. He offered to let me live with him when I didn't have a place to live. I mean, he was like literally the most selfless and caring person on the planet, which is like what is so upsetting because, um, you know, he struggled with his own mental health and it's just so upsetting because even though he had so many like internal struggles, he made sure everybody was taken care of. Um, and I think, what I'm getting at here is, like, it's important to, like, when you're grieving, grieve your loss. Don't tell other people how to grieve theirs. Um, right. Let let your experience be your experience and their experience be theirs. And accept that you might not know their experience because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there were people back when, you know, Chad passed away, like, they didn't, that may have not known, like, me and Chad had went on a period of time where, not that we had a falling out, but our lives went down different paths, and we didn't, like, hang out as much or talk for a while, but, like, right before he passed, like, we were together almost every day, and I'm sure there were people that probably didn't know that, and probably, like, why the hell is she so upset, like, she didn't talk to him for a year, but you don't know every single interaction that an individual has with another person, um, and just, my main point, I'm getting flustered, because I am so passionate about that, but, like, you don't get to dictate how other people grieve. Grieve your loss. Grieve your relationship with that person. Grieve your bond with that person. Grieve that person right. that you feel knew. how you feel regardless of everybody else's feelings. Don't tell other people how to feel. And I think that's what, I think that stigma, because it happens so often, is kind of why I'm kind of in this, like, guilt phase right now for grieving B, because even though nobody is making me feel that way, no one's telling me, oh, you don't know him or you don't have a right to feel that way. I remember when Chad passed away and everybody was saying that about everybody and their grandma because he knew so many people that it like it's kind of internalized in me now. It's like, well, do I have a right to feel this way? Yeah, because I was it's something that too. happens so often. No one has to make you feel that way for you to feel that way now because it's like every time someone passes, everyone plays that game of who knew him better, who knew her better. Oh, absolutely. And I was going to say too, it like just as she said like let people grieve. If someone's telling you that you don't get to grieve that way, fuck them disrespectfully because you get to feel the feelings you felt while you're feeling them. I remember somebody telling me like when Blake died, I Blake and I did not talk. Um, we talked a few days before he passed away, which is crazy because before then we hadn't talked in a few months. It's crazy how that happens. Cause the same thing happened with me and B like we stuck together when T um, got incarcerated um, and we talked very, very frequently. But over, like, the last couple of months, him and I split, um, although we're still cordial. Like, we're not in each other's lives as much. And um, 
B and I kind of stopped talking as often, but like literally like like a month or so, maybe a month, month and a half before this happened, he like started texting me again and we started texting regularly again. And it's so weird how that happened. It is so crazy. Because like the same thing happened with Chad. Like Chad and I had fallen off for like like a year or so and we didn't talk that much. We didn't have any hard feelings towards each other, but we just didn't talk. Our lives went different paths, but like right before he passed, we reconnected and we... Yeah, I, I didn't all the time. get to reconnect with Blake, but, like, I remember I had moved. We, I had moved 30 minutes away from him. I had gotten my career job. Life was just going down a different path for me, and I was not doing the same things I was doing with him anymore. Um, I wasn't doing – I just wasn't living that lifestyle anymore. And so we did have a falling out. We just It's not even that it was, like, a, a noticeable falling out. We just stopped talking. Um, and then a couple days before he had passed, I remember texting him and being like, Hey, hope you're good. Love you. And he was like, Hey, I'm good. Hope you're good too. Love you too, sis. Like, and, and I, I didn't think anything of, it. I didn't think that that, like, I'm grateful that that was going to be the last thing I got to say to him. Cause other than that, I wouldn't have remembered the last thing I said to him, but I'm glad that like, that's what I got to say. And then I'm glad that like it happened, but it still sucked. Cause I had somebody tell me like, Oh, you didn't even talk to him. You weren't even there for him when he was going through his addiction and you weren't there for him when he was going through this or when he was homeless or all this but I didn't know one I didn't know any of it but I I was just living my life I didn't I I couldn't I I I couldn't have submersed myself in his problems because I would have never been able to take care of myself I was already dealing with so much then too and so we we had to have that separation um otherwise I might have not even ever got that text saying that like oh I hope you're good to love you we might have been on on bad terms when he had passed. And it's not that we were on bad terms when he passed. It was just that we just hadn't talked. Yeah. And I think that's, like, another thing is, like, you know, tying in with people feeling types of ways when certain people grieve and things like that. Um, even people who were on bad terms with someone when they pass away, like, they still have a right to grieve. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. They still had a relationship with that person. And I think it's important to remember that, A, we're all humans. Um, and humans fight. And people have disagreements. And also, you know, like in in Zoe's situation in particular, like Zoe, you know, she did everything to try to help him and then had to remove herself because it became unhealthy for her. And so she had to kind of distance herself and love him at a distance for a while. And I think, like, that's okay too and so like it's important to remember that like at the end of the day if someone passes away no matter what terms you were on with them no matter how close you were or weren't with them at the time of their passing like you 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 still get to grieve the relationship and the love that you had for them because I think I can like there are people in my life that I would never want to see again but like if they like something happened to them tomorrow I would grieve because we had a relationship at some point. As much as I don't want to admit that, yeah. <laughs> as much, there's a handful of people I could look in their face right now and be like, fuck you. But if they pass away, I'd probably be like, oh, damn. Yeah, because that hurts a little bit. Grief is the loss of something. And I think in those moments where people pass away, even the ones that aren't super close to us, like it like all it hits us all at once. Like the loss of the friendship or the loss well, of just, the closeness and then the loss of that person on top of it. Like they're just never they're not here anymore. They're yeah. not they're never gonna do this again. They're never gonna do that again. I mean, I am I feel like I'm so empathetic towards everyone else's feelings too that like I if I I'm no good at grieving, so I'm no good at helping other people with grieving. I said this last episode. But like 
just the idea of knowing that like this person will never get to experience this again or that again is enough to make me upset even over like somebody I never knew. I get sad over celebrities dying. Big fucking facts. And, and I didn't even know them. And that's what I'm saying. Th- those same people will be sad over celebrities dying, but then will tell you you don't have the right to grieve over somebody that, you know, that you didn't know as well as they did. We're pushing two hours. Ooh, this topic got deep. It was deep. I cried a little bit. You did cry. But I think the important thing, we're not going to... Zoe Taylor just cried on Toxicity Podcast. I know, that's disgusting. Gross. (laughs) I think the important thing to kind of take from this episode and what we really want it to get across, and I think, for one, we might have gone into some tangents because I think this in itself was like a healing process for us because we still are processing, especially... Blake and Brandon, like, we're both still kind of processing those newer losses um, with Chad. You know, it's an ongoing thing, but I think we pretty much have processed that. Um, but I think for, for us, like, this in itself was, like, us working through some of those emotions. Um, but what we really wanted to, like, touch on was, like, grief is not, like, a straight and narrow. Like, absolutely, not. there are moments where, you know, you're grieving differently than others. And that's okay. You might not grieve at the same time as others. That's okay. You might grieve that person two years down the line because you suppressed your feelings. And that's okay. You might grieve them right when they pass away and then be fine for a little bit and then grieve them again like it just happened two years later. And that's okay. Grief is not the same for everyone. It is a really sticky and tipsy-turvy, I can't get my words out, but it's a very, very complicated process. Um, And I think it's really important to talk about because I think so many people, A, feel guilty for the way that they grieve, um, and B, think um, when someone passes away that they have the right to tell others how to grieve um, or the right to decide who gets to grieve. And what we really wanted to just get across is that, like, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that Everyone, way. We're here to tell you that, yeah, everybody everybody grieves differently, and You have a right okay. to grieve your losses, whether that be the loss of a friendship, a relationship, a life that you used to live, a feeling you used to experience, a job you used to have, a life that you thought you would have and you didn't have, or the loss of someone who actually passed away. Like, you whatever you're that grieving, however right. you grieve that, and that's okay. Grief is not a set process. No, Grief I, is all over the place, and it's messy, and it's hard, and it's complicated, and it's full of a lot of big emotions, and they come and go, and that is normal. Yeah, as norm, as abnormal as it feels, it's super normal. Because I, I do feel like it does feel like an abnormal process where it's just like, oh, this is not what I'm right, you know, this is not what I'm used to. This is set me back. This is, I'm having to take time off work. I'm having to, you know, this is not something that I go through every single day but it's normal for it to not feel normal and also to allow yourself to feel those feelings when they come whether it's the day that you find out or two months from then or a year from then like allow yourself to take the time and take the space to feel those feelings because when you suppress them they're gonna come up at some point and they might not come up in the controlled manner that they could have been processing had you just let yourself feel those things I tell you what my last example, um, when I was in therapy, I remember walking in and, like, telling her 
this whole situation that had happened and I was super upset about it. And she looked at me and she was like, Zoe, I want you to know you're grieving right now. And I was like, huh? (laughs) She was like, you're grieving. Like you're grieving the loss of your brother. And I was like, that was months ago. And she was like, yeah, I know. I've been seeing, she saw me, she saw, she was seeing me before it happened. And she was like, yeah, I know. Like it, you didn't grieve throughout any of that. She was like, you're grieving right now and you're making this big ordeal out of something small because you have you you're you have feelings towards this other situation and you're just kind of projecting it on everything else like you're not sitting through and working through the feelings that you're supposed to be feeling right now and I, I I didn't have feelings like at first not that I was suppressing them they're just I just didn't know what to feel and then when I did I was like okay well it's been too long so I can't talk about this now and she was like hey you can and you're grieving right now and you're allowed to talk about it and so now I've learned that like to remove myself, God damn it. <laughs> I've learned to remove myself. Two hours so, and she still can't figure out how to not hit the microphone. I, I God, I've probably hit it like 30 times. I'm going to make a count on the camera. How many times did I hit the fucking <laughs> microphone stand? <laughs> um, but I've learned that like I'm going to have those days where I feel like shit and I'm going to remove myself and handle them in a way that helps me. And I have, and I am thankful to have people in my life now that are accepting of that and are not going to, like, take that away from me. Um, Not that I haven't even had people like that before that were like, oh, you can't feel bad about this. Um, But, like, I have a really good support system now that's like, hey, if you have to go feel this way, feel it. Uh, Told me that I could talk to him about him whenever I wanted to. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to. And he was like, okay, that's cool, too. If you have to go sit in front of his old house and cry, do that. <laughs> like, it's, it's okay. It's craziness. Yeah. Grief is crazy. Grief, Grief is, is crazy. Crazy, and it's messy, and it's complicated, and, yeah, that yeah. that about sums it up. That Yeah, grief is crazy. It, if, if we could sum up this entire episode for you, it would just be that grief is crazy. Yeah. Healing is not linear, and grief is crazy. This he- this episode was heavy, super heavy. It was super, heavy. Super heavy. It was intense. Disgusting. I cried. It was deep. Zoe cried, but um, definitely remember to take care of yourself. I, I I'm sure everyone that's listening to this or will listen to this has experienced some sort of loss, whether that be the loss we were talking about in the beginning, um, our friendships, relationships, or the loss we were talking about at the end of a loved one, um, or a friend, or someone that you just cared about or had a really impactful interaction with that you were grieving. Um, I'm sure this Absolutely. probably triggered a lot of emotions for people. So please take care of yourself. We so love you. Also, we'll if, you're, if you're struggling with grief, there are resources for you for this. There are groups and things you can do. Um, helpguide.org is like is where I got all my information from when I was dealing with whatever. And it just can kind of guide you through and kind of let you know that what you're feeling is normal. And then kind of give you as normal as it can be, (laughs) right? As normal as it can be, because it's obviously not normal to to lose somebody who's important to you, but or to lose somebody who's even not that important to you or who who was once important to you. It's death is not normal. (laughs) Okay, death is something that people will never get used to. And it sucks. And there are resources for you out there. Um, Hit us up if you need them. I can help you find some. That's what I do on a day-to-day basis. She can help you. Um, <laughs> I find resources for people. So if it's something that 
you're struggling with, you need help with, you want to process, or if you just want to like reach out to us and absolutely, if you we have, you know, I've had a few people reach out to us on our main pages and on my personal pages and just talk to us about things they've been going through after listening to these episodes. And we are so totally open and welcome to that. If you want to talk with us about something you've been going through, we would love to talk with you about it. Um, I'm not a therapist. Lauren's not a therapist, but we are, we've gone through shit and we will be there for you. as friends. Right. We will be there for you no matter what. Um, with that being said, if you do want to reach out, our Instagram is toxicity podcast. Our Snapchat is toxicity podcasts. No T. Um, Snapchat. <laughs> Twitter is toxicity pod. And then our Facebook is toxicity podcast as well. And I think, I think that's it. I think we're done. I think we've done the damn thing. We love y'all. Take care of yourself. See you next week. We love you so much. See you next week. Mm-hmm.